Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. Hit that follow button on these social media pages, mainly the Wesson Walker page on Twitter or X, whichever you prefer. WFNZ on Twitter or Instagram, at Bryant underscore 72, at Walker Mail, and at HTB underscore Josh on Twitter or Instagram. All right, you know what time it is. Let's go to the campus. Kona. All right. Not the greatest college football slate this weekend, but are there are some games of intrigue there, starting with North Carolina and Minnesota. When you break down the tail of the tape on these teams, this is the first ever matchup between these two. Entering week three, North Carolina's tied for ninth in all of college football and rushing offense through two games. They're averaging 243 and a half yards per game. They also tied for fifth nationally with nine sacks despite not getting much pressure in their last game against Appalachian State through two games. And they are 10 out of 12 in the red zone this season. Seven touchdowns, three field goals for the Heels. And they've won 11 games in a row when they gained 400 or more yards and a football game. But then you look at Minnesota contrasting styles here looking to start 3-0 for the fifth time in seven years under P.J. Flack. Darius Taylor was the Big Ten freshman of the week after putting up 193 yards rushing and a touchdown in Minnesota's 25-6 win over Eastern Michigan. But all-time against schools in the ACC, Minnesota is 16-7, including a 4-2 mark in road games. They've won two straight against ACC teams and four of its past five, dating to 2009. Defensively, this team is eighth in total defense in all of college football, third in passing yards allowed, fifth in opponent pass efficiency, and sixth in interceptions with their opponents being Nebraska and Eastern Michigan. And so uh, this is an interesting matchup because Minnesota's offensively not the greatest team in the world right now, but defensively putting up good numbers, and they, they haven't faced a juggernaut like what they could see in North Carolina on Saturday. So what do you think? about this football game and the challenge that Carolina faces. I think if you just look at Minnesota's offense, because we all know Minnesota's posted good defensive numbers and North Carolina going against that type of defense, this is going to be the toughest one. I remember Jones Angel with Mack and Bone, I believe it was yesterday, discussing how this was just going to be the best outright team that they've faced so far, and that includes South Carolina in that opener that they had here in Charlotte. So that's something to consider. They can run the ball well, Wes. And if North Carolina's defense does not show up against the run, then that is the way I think Minnesota can cover and potentially pull off this upset. I also wonder if they can't run the football, 
you still are going to be okay because Drake May is the guy throwing it. I did want to ask this question, though, because I don't know how much people are talking about this. But you can get on this conversation as well. Everybody is Team Tez Walker in wanting him to play, maybe except for state fans and stuff like that. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. How big of a loss on the field is Tez Walker? Because I, I think most people understand that, yeah, this was someone that you were going to rely on a decent amount, but Pesor can show up. Certainly Jones can, too. They have the tight ends. I think you have enough to get past it. But, Fiddy, how much did you expect Tez Walker to produce in this offense? Even if we just get away from the he should play, we're mad at the NCAA. Man, how much are they missing with him as just an outright player? I mean, I think we thought he had the, the, the possibility of totaling 1,000 yards, receiving maybe eight touchdowns. But that was based off of, you know, the production at Kent State and the highlight he had against Georgia where he outran the defense and topped something like 24 miles per hour. And this has been my biggest thing about this whole situation all season long. You can't tell me the quote-unquote issues in Carolina's passing game has been a direct reflection of the UNC staff preparing as if he was going to play while he was deemed ineligible which was just mind-blowing to me the whole entire time. And so, you know, I I think it's fair to say that I think Carolina's offense would be more explosive. But on the flip side, they haven't prepared the right way the first two games. And I would imagine this week they prepared a little bit more because they know for sure he is not going to be on the field on Saturday. Yeah, I think this is the guy, 6'3 wide receiver, that had a 900-yard season uh, at his last stop in the MAC at Kent State. And so you kind of – Try to project out his numbers playing with a quarterback as good as Drake May. You felt yeah. like he was going to be the de facto number one go-to guy for this team. He's not there right now. Had to make adjustments. And so Carolina right now sitting there 10th in pass efficiency. You would think J.J. Jones that had comparable size to him would be the guy that would fill in as that number one target. But uh, Carolina has some little guys out there. When you talk about Nate McCollum, you talk about Kobe Pesor. They're fast guys, but they don't have much size. But I think right now, Carolina's passing game, they're still trying to find themselves. I think Minnesota will provide a stiff challenge for them. But it's going to be an interesting test for them as well because they haven't seen an offense that will test them like the Tar Heels will. That does feel different from North Carolina wide receivers past. I feel like they've always had a bunch of big dudes outside. Bug Howard, someone I can remember. What was it? Is it... Dwight Jones? Yeah, that was it. Okay, big old dude. I And Hakeem Nix was obviously big and very talented as a first-round pick. I just remember them having some big old boys out wide. And you're right, it is a little bit of different of an identity. Josh Downs even being somewhat smaller in stature. And so that's interesting to have that identity change. So then you go and turn the page and look at the Charlotte 49ers after the Maryland game. Crip. Georgia State's coming in to play them. A whiteout Saturday, Walker. So I guess if you're going, you're going to be dressed like an angel. But let's hear from Biff Poggi, who said that he had a terrible (laughs) night the other night against Maryland, and they're not going to let that happen again. Quite frankly, you know, I I had a terrible night Saturday night. Like, I I missed a timeout call. We should have gone for it. Um, I I was way too conservative in what we were doing offensively, and we're not doing that anymore this year. We're going to play to win, not, not play to Well, when you look at Charlotte right now, currently sitting at 10th in the American Conference in offense, scoring offense, that is, and they're also fourth, though, in scoring defense. So do we expect this defense to lead the way for the 49ers and they come in and get the job done against 
Georgia State. Look, you think I'm going to pick Charlotte against Maryland and not pick Charlotte against Georgia <laughs> State? Of course I'm going with the 49ers. I do like that Biff is telling you a mistake that he learned from in the whole not playing to lose thing. We're going to play to win and we're going to play our game no matter what the scoreboard says or how much time there is left. This is something that we've been talking about all really, what, off season. We expected the defense to be the strength of this team. That has played out exactly that way through the first two games, especially when it was a struggle for Maryland to score through the first, what, two quarters at least, even three. And we like maybe Tua, Wes. He's a good, underrated QB in college football, and they still gave Maryland problems before the Terrapins were able to score a little bit. And Charlotte's offense just couldn't get anything cooking. That's always going to be the issue. But Darrell Rodgers, Robinson, you're hoping that he continues to gain some momentum as a fantastic young running back with this squad. Hopefully the offensive line can continue to mesh and start to gain more continuity to be a stronger unit if the passing offense isn't going to be there. Yeah, I expect Charlotte to come out, be ready to go at home in a wideout. Biff Pogey learning from mistakes already, admittedly so. Yeah, I'm ready for them to bounce back. Well, this is going to be a balanced breakfast. For the Charlotte 49ers, because you're talking about Georgia State sitting in the Sun Belt right now, third in points per game, 38 and a half points per game they average. And then defensively, they're not that far behind, sixth in the Sun Belt in scoring defense. So this is a pretty good football team coming down to Charlotte, man. The 49ers are going to have to be ready because this team can score the football 38 and a half points per game they're averaging. Um, Casey, Steve said in this wideout, Walker's going to look like a backstreet boy at this Charlotte game. <laughs> is that show? Tell me why. <laughs> a win's all I ever wanted. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I meant it. All right, so then we also talk about East Carolina and App State. We've gotten into that matchup just a little bit. App State leads the overall series 20 to 12. App State had an eight straight game against a Power 5 opponent decided by seven points or less when they lost to North Carolina. They're three and five in those contests. Eight straight tight game when facing an AP Top 25 opponent. They're two and six in those games. But the Mountaineers went 6-1 and one in the next game after those previous seven AP Top 25 matchups. We talked about Aguilar earlier in the show. Six quarters of work, six touchdowns, only one interception. He looks like perhaps a star in the making against an East Carolina team that is struggling right now. But I guess one omen you can have for them is that when Sean Clark – oh, excuse me, never mind. East Carolina in scoring offense, 11th in the American scoring defense. They rank near the bottom. They're 14th in scoring offense, to be exact, 11th in scoring defense. So this is a team, when you talk about combined quarterbacks, Mason Garcia, Alex Flynn, that we did deep dives on preseason, only combined 50% completions, one touchdown to three interceptions. So East Carolina's really struggling offensively. I expect Appalachian State to get the job done as they will be an angry bunch after what happened against North Carolina. I'm trying to think what our records, what they were during team week. I think... I think I had App State beating ECU, even with me expecting ECU to bounce back yeah, this year. But um, I'm, t- I'm going to roll with that. I do think ECU covers, though. I think we're in for a weird year with App State, especially if Aguilar was not the quarterback that they were going to start with. Yeah. Berger goes down, and we all expected Berger to be that guy. But Aguilar now, looks like a gamer. He does. He absolutely does. And this was absolutely the Wally Pip situation. Can you lose your job to injury? Well, it looks like that might have just happened with Ryan Berger as the quarterback. Is this going to be a situation where App State, they get up to play North Carolina, as we've seen the last three meetings between these two squads. But once it comes to conference, 
conference play, they'll disappoint like they have in some matchups the last couple of years. Yeah, I think ECU covers. I think it's going to be closer than the nine and a half point spread that has been given by multiple outlets. But I do think App State is going to be able to take care of business.